Our scripture reading for today is um, Advent scripture reading, and we will read from 1 Peter 1, 3 to 7. In our Pew Bibles, this is on page 1014. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through the faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than the gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor and the revelation of Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. We are uh, entering into our Advent series. Some of you are going to be happy to know that these uh, sermons are going to be much shorter. Uh, we wanted to focus a little bit more time on worship and uh, allocating more time for that. So that's what we're going to be doing. And over the many years, it's been um, challenging to do different series with Advent or with Easter. or Because there's just, you know, you, you, you go through those same passages. Like, it's Luke 2 again for the fifth year in a row or whatever it is, right? So it, it has been challenging to explore as to, like, what we can kind of share about. Um, where we landed was um, in verse 12, there's this phrase there. It says, things into which angels long to look. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at angels and uh, kind of their powers, responsibilities, presence within uh, this Christmas story. And so a couple of weeks ago, uh, we looked at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, and it reads this, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Have any of you ever wondered if you've entertained an angel? I wondered this just this past week. Um, there was a homeless gentleman that walked up to me as I was getting ready to go to work, and he asked me for some food. And so in my trunk, my kids have made these boxes um, that we can hand out with. It's mostly like snack foods, though. So it's like goldfish crackers and granola bars and like stuff like that, and like bottled food. I, I can't put anything perishable, right, because... It's a box I have to give away. So we, we have these boxes, and so I grabbed one of these boxes, and, and I gave it to the guy. And then um, because of this verse, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. It really had me thinking, because we just went over this, and um, it really kind of convicted me as to, like, don't just give a box to a guy, and that's it. So I offered to, like, cook him something warm. And so he said, yeah. And so as, as I offered this, he then handed me his Burger King bag. And he was like, can you throw this in, in, the, in whatever you're making? I was like, I was going to make you like noodles. So if this is like a burger, it's not going to go really well, like the dissolved bread and noodles. Like it's not. And so he was like, oh, no, it's bacon. I was like, oh, okay, cool, bacon. I just figured it was from Burger King, like bacon or something. And I opened it, and it's like all raw bacon. And I was thinking like, how do, how do you get raw bacon from Burger King? But anyway, um, 
he, he must have got it somewhere. So I, I throw it in, and I'm, I'm making this soup, I guess. And so um, I bring it out to him, and, and we share this thing. And he asks for a blanket, and I, I give him a blanket because he, he uh, said he was cold. And, and I prayed with him, and, and we had this really great interaction. But the thing was that the word of God speaking to me at the right time, because I don't know if I would have done that a few weeks earlier, because uh, this guy had uh, swastikas tattooed on his face and um, upside down crosses and like all the different type of stuff on his face tattooed. And so I think in the past I would have been like, um, here's a box, see ya man. Like, I, I, I don't know what you're gonna do to me and whatever, but for some reason as the word of God was speaking to me about this, it, it, I really needed that verse to encourage me. And I wish I could have been just that person like all the time. Um, but God kind of knows what is needed. And so I, I did wonder, like, is that just an angel that had tattoos on his face? I don't know. Like, but have you ever wondered if you've entertained an angel? And I wondered that about that guy. I had no idea. I've, I've never seen him before. I've never met him. And maybe some of you are wondering, like, how can we even be talking about a subject matter like this in the 21st century when we've had so much education and our science is so much more advanced and how, how can we even think about something as kind of out there as angels. But we look throughout history and we see that there has been a fascination with angels in our art throughout human history, in media, in music. And the Bible itself speaks of angels quite a bit out of the 66 books of the Bible about half of them make reference to the ministry, the presence, the power of angels. We also read angels as part of the Christmas story, and of course it's not the main part, but it does play a part that, that they're even in our songs, our Christmas songs, and there are songs referring to angels. So for the next few weeks during our Advent season, let's look at the significance of angels, and we begin today with Peter who met angels a few times, who knew something about angels because he wrote this in verse 12. Things into which angels long to look. And Peter also speaks about the message of the gospel that we celebrate on Christmas. Now looking back in our Bibles, we look at the prophets. And, and the prophets wondered about the meaning of when they spoke about different things. So, for example, when they wrote Bethlehem of Judea, they must have been thinking like, man, what, what is this that God has me writing down? Or, or a light coming into the darkness. Or, or when the prophet Isaiah writes, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And all these questions surrounding Messiah, and they're just writing all of this down. But interesting in that it's not only just the prophets that were wondering. Angels were wondering too. They, they wondered what the message of Christmas really is. We have some things in common with angels, and it's not just this wonderment about God's plan of salvation and how it's going to play out, but that, that we're all part of God's family, where angels are part of the heavenly part of God's family, and, and the entire family was reconciled through Jesus. Take a look at Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 19. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. 
So we have Christ's death, resurrection, and ascension, and those things weren't just things that were done for us here on earth, that Jesus Christ reconciled the earthly and the heavenly by bringing both to himself, bringing it together that these two sides of God's family were brought back together by the heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Our heavenly part of the family became alienated from us, and, and so we all became alienated from this heavenly part of the family. So we have these things in common, but obviously there are things that make us different. One of these differences is how we relate to one another. In our earthly families, we have blood relationships, and angels don't have that. Angels don't have a bloodline to identify family members. We, we know through our bloodlines who our ancestors are, we know who our descendants are, and, and angels have a different familial relationship with one another. They have angels and archangels. They have cherubim and seraphim. And this is kind of the framework that they relate to one another, which is different than our, ours, but, but we are all part of God's family. Now fast forward to Revelation chapter uh, four, and also chapter five, and you'll, get a picture of this when you're reading there, there where the Lord is seated on the throne of God and the entire family surrounding God where there are these creatures unlike us giving glory and honor and thanks to him seated on the throne. You can read it for yourself. It's all there. And so these creatures who are different from us, we have their descriptions, we have their powers and it, is, it seems like it's just kind of all out of place but it, it's right there. And it's this glorious picture of all of us worshiping God together as a family. The side we're most familiar with is this terrestrial side, where we see each other physically. But then there's this extraterrestrial side. Right? Yes, yes, E.T. Anybody else also get nostalgic of um, seeing Elliot again as a grown man? Have you seen that commercial? I just... It was so amazing to me how E.T. has not aged, but Elliot has. Um, so whenever someone asks you, do you actually believe in extraterrestrials? As a Christian, I, I believe yes, because they're, they're in your family, those extraterrestrials. Right? So do you, I think we get a better understanding of why Jesus said this in Luke chapter 15, verse 7. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance because they see a family member coming in. And so there's a rejoicing there that we're all a family and we've been rejoined together by the grace of Christ. Our universe is dominated by God's family. You ever wonder why every family has that strange uncle you know you go to the gathering it's like yeah that's my uncle I just he's an angel that uncle you know he's just an angel so if you've ever wondered if you belong you do you belong in the family you're part of this family and and yes we have weird uncles in the family angels are part of God's family and they're also God's messengers so whether we look in the Hebrew or the Greek, both those words are translated into messenger, and angels carry God's message. They declare God's glory. They, they fulfill the will of God. They, they are God's obedient servants. 
and God uses them to govern the world. They're used by God to de defend and serve the people of God. Have you ever wondered how you survived a situation or got out of a bad spot? Have you ever wondered how many times God has defended, protected you? And I'm really curious to find out how many times angels have intervened in the lives of the people I love or even intervened in my, my own life because seconds make a difference, right? A few seconds earlier, a few seconds later, and things change really, really drastically. It's been raining, and I've been driving on these freeways, and it, about just 30 seconds ahead of us, um, there was this huge collision on the freeway where a car was turned over, and the bumper was on the freeway on one side, and the car was on this side. And I was just thinking, man, if I was just in there a few seconds earlier, one of those could have been my cars, and my family was in my car. And all my kids saw were these empty cars, and they were like, oh, where are the people? They were probably taken to the hospital already, and who knows if they made it or didn't make it, but there were a pretty big pile up, and who knows? And so how those things can just change really drastically, and so when I'm, up there and I get to meet God and I'm like, hey, which God, God, which angels kind of like protected me and protected my kids? I'm like, I'm really interested just to know because I want to just say like, thanks, cuz. Like, we family, right? Like, like, thank you. Thank you for doing such a good job. <clears throat> and God, you know, sending his messengers, giving them charge as God fulfills his purposes. We, we read about this. 2 Kings chapter 6, look at the starting in verse 15. This is about Elisha and his servant. And, and so the background of this story is, is the, the servant looks out and he, all he sees is the enemy surrounding. And he's just like, how are we going to live through this? And so we pick up the story in verse 15, 2 Kings chapter 6. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid. For those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened the eyes of the young men, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Angels. Angels. Horses and chariots of fire in greater number than the enemies that were surrounding them. And God sending his messengers, giving them charge over Elisha and his servant, fulfilling the glorious purposes of God. And what's invisible to us in the physical world is seen clearly in the spiritual realm. So do we know that God deeply cares for his people? He protects, he guards his people. Angels are part of the family of God and they are God's messengers. They are, they are God's watchers. Now, what are they watching? Well, a lot of the time it's us, which is kind of freaky, right? you got people watching you. So stop doing stupid stuff. But they're watching more what God is doing in you and what God is about. Now think about this. Genesis chapter 1. Angels are there. 
Angels are prior to creation of humans. So Genesis 1, starting in verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish and the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And so we have the, the family of God, the heavenly family of God surrounding, watching what God is doing, watching the mysterious ways the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit are, are working, wondering what's going to happen. And the most fascinating thing about the angels was probably when God said, let us make man in our image. They must have been like, what? What's that going to look like? like what, what are these creatures made in God's image? What are they going to do? Then sometime later, the angels then witness something that's really, really extraordinary. And it's when the father tells the son to go to earth. And the son steps down from his rightful place while the Holy Spirit tells the son, I'm, I'm coming with you. And I'm not going to leave you. I'm, I'm going to guard you. And from your conception to your death, while you're in the tomb, when you rise, I'm going to be with you. And so you imagine what the angels went through as, as this is unfolding with them. Like, what? What's going to happen? You're going to do what? And so the angels also have other times that they show up in this story of humanity, the angels that were sent by God at Christ's birth. And so you imagine how it was for them to be able to usher in their Savior, Jesus, into the world, to be some of the first voices that Jesus, the baby, hears, like familiar family voices from an infant Jesus. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so you imagine the angels who were sent to Jesus. Not just then, not, or not just at the beginning of creation, but what about the ones that were sent to Jesus during the temptation or after the temptation? Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and were ministering to him. And they show up again in the Garden of Gethsemane. After Jesus says this, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And then what happens? Luke chapter 22, verse 43. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. That angel did a really good job. I'm interested in who that angel is, right? Because imagine that angel who was sent by God to strengthen Jesus, to strengthen Jesus, to die for us, and to be our Savior. The reason why angels want to look, they long to look, is the same reason that Peter, John, and Mary have. Because when you look at the Greek word look from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, the, angel, the angels are using this, this same word, look, used for Peter in Luke chapter 24, verse 12. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by himself, and he went home, marveling at what had happened. 
That word look is the same Greek word used there. It's the same Greek word used for John in John chapter 20, verse 5. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. That word look is the same Greek word used for Mary in John chapter 20, verse 11. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb. Angels, Peter, John, Mary, they're all looking carefully to see what Jesus is all about. They're all curious. They all have a lot of questions. And the angels are literally asking, what on earth is Jesus doing? What is he doing? And when this light bulb turns on for them as to what Jesus was doing, they must have moved on to the next question of, Why is he doing that? Why would Jesus do that? And so they long to look to make sense of why. They could see the what, but then now they're wondering why. The angels saw from the beginning of the creation of humankind. They saw what we did. They saw how God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they have this salvation plan in place. They saw that Jesus was sent, and the Father said, go, and he did, and they saw his, his birth. They saw the, those temptations. They saw Jesus suffer because of this ministry that he did, and some people didn't like this, and, and they saw his crucifixion, and now they're just wondering, why? Why would Jesus do all of that? And they long to look. And then they got the question of why answered. Jesus was sent, he was born, he died, resurrected, he ascended. Why? To save you and me. It's for our salvation. So they saw what, they saw how, they saw why. So then these questions are answered, but then there's this lingering question that I think has them completely perplexed. And it's probably this. Why don't humans realize that Jesus Christ and everything he's done, he's done for them. Why don't they get it? And that must be one of the biggest mysteries to an angel. Because they must wonder how this can even be possible. How can the birth of Christ be ignored by those people? All that Christ has done for them and And we never get to experience that for ourselves. Like we witnessed all of it, but we as angels don't get to experience what people so fortunately get. To get this grace, to get this mercy, to get this love. And they must wonder, Jesus did all that. How can they not understand? How can they not realize? And so we think back to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 and think about have we ever met an angel? And if we do, when we get the chance to, I think they're going to ask us what have you done in response to all that the Lord Jesus has done for you? What have you done with that? And I think we can expect that sort of a question that how have you responded with everything that the Savior Jesus has done for you, how have you responded 
with that? How do you respond to Jesus leaving his heavenly throne to be born here, to suffer the way he did, to die on the cross, to resurrect and ascend for you? How do you respond to that? How do you respond to his birth, that he left a rightful throne that was his to go to earth for you? How do you, how do you explain Christmas? How do you guys understand it? I think they're really interested in that. They just kind of wonder because they've seen from beginning of the creation of humanity up until this point and wonder how this can possibly play out. See, to be a Christian is the most glorious thing in the world, even more than angels. I, I think they would love to experience what we've experienced or get a chance to in terms of experiencing the grace of God in that way that God would do that much, that he would send his only son to die for you and me, that he would go to that extent. Because they didn't get that. The good news of Christmas is that all of this is true. That the birth of Christ is true. That it was for you and for me. So we'll be taking a couple of weeks to be just kind of taking a look at Christmas from an angel's perspective and, and hopefully this has just given us a little bit of background before we go into the next couple of weeks. Let's pray. God, we recognize you as omnibenevolent, omniscient, omnipotent. We recognize you as so wise and to create a plan such as that for our salvation. Lord, we are asking that you would help us to see more clearly, maybe even from the perspective of angels who have witnessed from creation to this very point in time, all the different things that you have done for us and inserting angels in those various places within the gospel story in the birth of Christ in the ministering of to Jesus after the temptations in being in the garden of Gethsemane with Jesus and all throughout and even forecasting ahead in Revelation 4 and 5 how we are all as a family going to be there worshiping the Lord on the throne help us to not just have this be another Christmas, where things are a little different and that songs are different and decor is different and how we celebrate things is different. But help us to focus on Jesus Christ, whom we've needed since the beginning as we've been at enmity with you, God. And yet you reconciled us to yourself in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Amen.